Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Attlesford Planning Committee meeting for the 13th of March. A uh, few points of order before we start. Uh, there are no fire alarm practices on the schedule, so if the fire alarm goes off, please meet at the front of the building. Can everybody please ensure that their mobile phones are turned off now, please? Just make sure, check, and I'm going to turn mine off while I'm thinking about it. Okay. Uh, I have an apology of absence from uh, Councillor Chambers. Any declarations of interest? Uh, Saffron Warden Town Council and I live close to the castle, which will be considered at the end of this session. Noted. Councillor Fairhurst. Saffron Warden Town Council and also item number two on the agenda um, is, a, is the applicant is a friend of mine. Okay. Thank you very much. No other declarations? Okay. Uh, minutes of the previous meeting. Can I sign those as a true record, please? Yep, fine. Okay, if you please note that, Anna. And with that, we'll move straight on to UTT 18 3278, full application at the rear of 22 Thaxted Road. Mr. Tyler will take us through it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chairman. The site relates to... A Sorry. Uh, sorry, Chris, just before we start, yeah, first one, if you're, you're, you're recusing yourself. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's why they're confusing. Just turn the mic off. We'll come and get you in a second. Chris, when you're ready, sorry. Thank you. Uh, the site relates to a plot of land to the rear of 22 Faxted Road in Saffron Walden. Uh, an existing access to the site is provided next to 16 Faxted Road, which already serves the neighbouring properties. Uh, a large shed building has been recently demolished due to structural issues. Um, this application is for the retrospective dem demolition of the shed building and proposed erection of a single dwelling. The dwelling uh, will be two storeys to the front of the site and three storeys to the rear of the site. No objections have been raised by the Parish Council subject to parking provisions. Uh, one neighbour objection has been received in regards to parking provisions. Um, the proposal is considered to be an appropriate form of development in context of the character of the site and street scene. The site uh, will be accessed by the existing access to the highway already serving the neighbouring properties. Uh, appropriate parking and turning area will be strictly conditioned. Uh, appropriate uh, garden provision has been included. The proposal will not in result in any significant impact to neighbouring properties uh, in terms of loss of privacy, uh, overshadowing or loss of light. No further mitigation or offsetting is required for air quality. It's advised that the introduction of a single dwelling is not, uh, will not result in any significant harm to air quality. The development will not result in any significant harm in regards to ecology and biodiversity. Uh, the, proposed, uh, the, the plan you see at the moment is the proposed elevations. Uh, this is the three levels, floor levels within the dwelling. Uh, taking into consideration the details set in the committee report, um, the application is recommended for approval subject to conditions. Can you speak up, sure. Sure. Yeah. 
possible. Okay. okay. Your point is noted, okay? Yeah, we'll speak over the microphone a bit, Chris. Um, okay, uh, we have no speakers on this, so basically over to you, committee, for what's left of the committee. Councillor Riles. Um, I've had a look at it this morning. Um, I can see what they're trying to achieve, um, and uh, it, it's a shame that little wall's got to come down, but I get that. Um, but my concern is, is really the, the rear of the property and the access. The My problem is more the, um, the back of the uh, properties and the access for the, other, uh, the, the people that live in the other properties. Um, and, and it's all a bit um, difficult to discern, to, to discern where people are going to park and their turning circles. So um, I think I'd like to see a little bit more on that before I w I'd make a, a, a judgment on this. Uh, Councillor Lemon. Thank you, Chair. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm only concerned that um, when the cars drive in, um, how are they going to actually, are they going to back out, which is, which is really dangerous, or if there is a turning circle, is the turn, does the turning circle involve using the land next door, which is not at the moment owned by the, I understand, is not owned by the... Um, uh, person who's put this application in. So, you, is, will they need, if they have to use that ground at the moment to turn round? I have a. That's my main reservation. I, I couldn't see how they could back up without going on the neighbour's land and then coming out again. Thank you. Okay. Did you want to? Okay. Um, nobody else? No. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, know, I remember we were talking this morning, Chris, and basically you said that the spaces that allocated, there was a 100 square metres plus the parking spaces. So where it's showing one and two on this drawing, they're in the garden. Yes, they're in the garden, uh, but uh, they've allocated some space, I'm not sure why, to the rear of that site. Um, but overall, the, the parking... Um, should, I suppose, should be demonstrated. Right, on, on so the I, I think to summarise sort of where we are, I think, uh, I'll come back to you, Councillor, is, is that because we can't tell if there's supposed to be three spaces, I think we have no problem probably with the development, but we've got a problem with how the cars are going to manoeuvre given the other car and access to the other three properties, plus the fact it's a shared drive with properties coming from the adjacent number 16 as well. So we can't really tell how anything's going to get in and out of there. So I, I think, uh, for my own mind, I don't, I don't want to do a refusal as such, but I'd rather if this was going to come back for a deferral as such, whereby we've actually got a parking layout with clear-cut ownership and turning heads so we know how this is going to work. Does that, sort of, does that make sense, Mr Brown? It does. I mean, yeah, in terms of the... If members are concerned that you haven't got a proper layout of how the car parking is going to arrive, um, the choice is either to refuse it or to defer it and give the applicant a chance to address it. And okay. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. Okay. Uh, in that case, I'm more in favour of deferral. Uh, does that find a second error? I'll second that, Chair. You're happy to second that. Yeah, it's just to get enough <coughs> detail so that we can make sense of how the parking is going to work for all of the residents there. Yeah? Okay, uh, if you're happy enough to go to a vote on a deferral for this application, all those in favour of a deferral, please show. 
one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's a unanimous deferral. And we'll expect to see that come back with some more detail. Thank you, Chris. Um, okay, moving on. UTT 18, 3451, uh, 3 Little Walden Road, Saffron Walden. And Luke's going to take us through it. Yes. Yes, please, if you can. Sorry, Luke, just hang on for the others to come in. Uh, no, it's colour green. Uh, okay, gentlemen, yes, fine. Okay, Luke, when you're ready. Thank you, Chairman. The site is located off Little Walden Road and comprises an end of terrace cottage and its rear garden. This is a photograph of the rear of the property. The proposed development includes the erection of a single-storey extension at the side and rear and the insertion of rear-facing dormer windows and front-facing conservation roof lights. It is recommended that planning permission be granted subject to the conditions set out in the officer's report. Okay, uh, we have Mr Ryan Adair. Uh, did you wish to speak? Uh, well, we have a process whereby you register to speak and you come forward and make your presentation as such. Okay. Uh, if you want to address us, you're more than happy to. We have done a site visit, so we sort of know what we're looking at. Yeah? Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, in that case, Councillor Lodge. Sorry, it's, it's again, the applicant is known to me. I will declare that, but will not withdraw on this occasion. No, that's fine. Um, okay, members, over to you. We did a site visit this morning. Any comments? Okay, Councillor Freeman first. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, the only reason for asking this to be determined by committee is that it's in the conservation area. And these... Uh, two proposed dormer windows face onto a, a structure known as Upper Square in Castle Street. There are three squares, Upper Square, Middle and Lower, quite appropriately. Uh, back in Victorian times and before, the houses were grouped around these informal squares. And the evidence for this one is the street lamp in the middle of it, which doesn't actually work, but uh, 
it's been paid for in the past by the local authority. And they were common areas. They've been fenced off now, but they were common areas for the use of those houses. Um, the concern is that the two uh, dormer windows are uh, impact upon the amenity of people using the square. Uh, I believe those are the only parts of this application which are not under permitted development rights. So those are the only points that perhaps we can consider. But a correction uh, of something which is implied in the officer's report, the um, parking area may not comply, uh, the possible parking area may not comply to uh, Essex standards, but Essex standards are for the 21st century. Uh, I can assure you people do park there, uh, and off-road parking is at an absolute premium in this park of the town. And so the area to the side of the house is used for parking and will continue to be so, for small vehicles at least. Thank you. <coughs> Councillor Riles. <coughs> I, I can understand the applicant wanting to um, get themselves some more space. I, 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 I can understand that completely. However, where it is, I tend to agree with um, Councillor Freeman that it is a special sort of area. Um, there seems to be the main issue is the, as you say, the, the dormer windows, the bonnet dormers, which um, are not in the permitted development rights. Um, one is, I think, is going to be used as a bathroom, I think, which, which is understandable, I suppose. And the other one was a study area. I just wondered if somehow this could be tweaked to reduce that to one, one uh, dormer, if it doesn't look too odd. Um, and on the other side, on the street side, uh, those veluxes, could we, we lose those? Um, because they don't look particularly nice on the, from the outside. I don't think they would look particularly nice and, and be in keeping in the area. Just a thought. Anybody else? Any thoughts on that? Thank you, Mr Chairman. I think the, the big issue for me is, it, is the conservation area. We should have a slightly higher standard, demand a slightly higher standard of, of aesthetics and function in the conservation area. And I think that would incline me, in fact, not to support this. Uh, even one dormer window on that. It is a conservation area. It's wrong. Um, the dormer windows in the front of you, quite, I don't think they suit the environment at all. Um, and so I'm minded not to support this, I'm afraid. Councillor Freeman. Thank you for letting me come in back, uh, Chairman. Um, just a f an informative, uh, it certainly used to be the case that this council, the Conservation Officer, did not support the use of skylight windows facing the street scene in the conservation area. I myself have been subject to this about 10 years ago when I did an extension, uh, and I was not allowed to put any sort of Velax window into the new roof which I was constructing on the street side. So. I understand that conservation officers change, and in their case, we haven't got one at all right now. Uh, but as, as an informative, that's been the policy in the past for this particular region. Uh, anybody else? No? No? Okay. Uh, Councillor Hicks. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, just to say that um, I, I would, in my judgment, the. Um, there's no particular problem about overlooking the, any, any more than the rear windows of the house currently provide and uh, just that the dormers obviously set at a higher level but uh, um, since there's no particular overlooking I, I see no objection to the um, proposal as, it, as it's put before us so I would be in favour of it. Anybody else? No? Okay. Uh, I, I can see both sides of this. Um, 
because there are no other dormers perhaps on that rear elevation as you look down the street, they are fairly prominent. Um, but having said that, there are at 90 degrees to it, there's a block of houses with a row of dormers on it. Um, so you've got dormers and there are other dormers when you look around. So I, I sort of get your point. It's a pity they're so prominent. Um, but I can also see that it would be very difficult to make use of the space necessarily without them. So it's, it's to a certain extent practical use of that loft space. Um, as to the, well, to the rest of the development, I have no problem with any of the extensions. So it's, uh, it's really just those. Um, we have a recommendation for an approval in front of us. Uh, does that find a promoter? Yeah, you're, you're, you're happy to propose, yeah? For an approval. Does that find a seconder? Right, I have a proposer and a seconder for an approval. All those in favour of an approval, please show. All those against, please show. One. Abstentions? Okay, that item is approved. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, moving on, UTT 18-2005, a full application at Cutler's Green. And Mrs Denmark to take us through it. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Chairman. So this is a site at Cutler's Green in Thatstead. Uh, members went to the site this morning and had a look round. Um, the proposal is for the demolition of um, some of the buildings on the site and the conversion of others. Plot 1 here is a listed building and it's proposed to convert that building into a dwelling. Plot 2 will be silos with an extension. Plot 3 would be silos with an extension. Plots 4 and 5 would be demolition of existing buildings and the reaction of new buildings. Plot 6 would be the conversion of a curtilage listed building and the erection of an extension. And Plot 7 is the demolition of the frontage building and the erection of a replacement building. These are the elevations. This is the um, proposed uh, plot one, which is the conversion of the listed building. And you'll see that there's proposed to be some roof lights here. I don't know if you noticed on site this morning that there were patches in the roof where former sort of roof light type things in a barn... Um, in a, an agricultural barn had been previously and they'd been patched up um, over the years. Um, so they're, historically they were a feature on this building. Um, this is plot six which is the conversion, somebody's cut my presentation in half, I'm sorry. Um, this is plot six which is the conversion of the, the um, curtilage listed building. Right, I am sorry, but I did a presentation with all of the elevations of all of the plots and somebody has decided that they've only put in one of my presentations instead of both of them. If you'd like to bear with me, I'll see if I can get... <coughs> yeah, I'll just see if, I'm, if it's still on the system. If it is, I will... Yeah. 
Uh, no, I put it in that folder and it's been deleted. Okay, do you have paper copies with you? I do have paper copies. Right, I'm okay. so sorry about that, but I sat there and did it. Um, I had all the elevations, everything. So, uh, plot one, which I've shown you. So, <coughs> so this is plot two, which is the conversion of two of the silos with a side extension. Look like that. This is plot three, which is the conversion of one of the silos, the silo on the end, and again with a, an extension on it to form the living accommodation. Plots four and five. You remember this morning there was a larger building. And I said they're going to demolish that and move that back and add supremacy to the listed building. So this is replacing the bigger building. So it's plots four and five. Uh, plot six you've seen. So plot seven is only on a tiny plan, but it's a little building like that. Um, the proposals are supported. They are supported um, in principle by the Parish Council and the Neighbourhood Plan Group, although there is a request that the um, roof lights on this plot be transferred to the northern elevation. Um, the problem with that is it doesn't work with the internal layout. And like I said, Historically, there have been roof-like type um, openings within that roof on that elevation. Um, they've also requested that the um, permitted development rights be removed, and I'm quite happy with um, to include that condition. Uh, I would remove it for extensions, dormers, um, roof lights, so that would be A, B and C of part one and also for fences for part two, from part two um, you may wish to consider the removal of PD rights for build, outbuildings as well which will be part E but other than that the application is recommended for approval Could you put the site plan back up just before you finish? That's it, thank you uh, okay, we have uh, one speaker. No, we have two speakers. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, Valerie Folks first. Valerie Folks, sorry. Yes, please, if you can. And uh, if you press the button in the middle, a red light will show. Press it for a bit longer. It's the red light's on. Is that? Can you hear me? Uh, no, oh, it's not. Just oh, Leslie, right. if you could yeah. just help. <laughs> We've obviously got the gremlins today. It's right, yeah. <laughs> right. We, we are the neighbours at Maynard's Croft. Um, we raised a couple of issues, not, not objections, just things that we are concerned about. Um, one of them is the fact that we have a right of way uh, with or without vehicles to the cesspool on the adjoining property, which is the farm. And um, known as Cutler's Green Farm, 
and uh, right to discharge surface water and effluents into the cesspool from the property, subject to the covenant that we pay half the cost of it. Now, obviously, we're very concerned that that might be in some way affected, that we might suddenly find ourselves without a cesspit. Uh, we have a lien according to our, our title deeds over that. That's the first thing. Um, the other main thing that we're concerned about is the garage that they're, well, the, the structure they're going to put next to our garage. Now, our garage, if you have a look inside, the beams are ancient. It has very short footings. And there's also, um, in the survey that was done some time ago, there's a low and moderate risk of natural ground subsidence within a 250 metres of the centre of the search. Now, if they're going to be um, building foundations that close to our garage, there's already a subsidence issue or potential subsidence issue. And our footings are going to be very low because this is one very old building. We're concerned that they, they might be building too close to us and it will cause us problems. Um, we also raised the issue of where they're going to put all the um, oil tanks because there's no gas to those properties. And it will be seven oil tanks required because we all get oil delivered. Um, there were other issues about parking and access, but that is open to everybody. That's pretty much what I want to say. Okay. okay. Well, those, are, those aren't specifically planning issues. Aren't I'll they? sort of okay. deal with them now. Yeah. What I would suggest you do is speak to the promoters of the site. Right. They will do a condition survey of your buildings before right. the project starts. Yeah. And at the end of the project, they would do a condition survey to ensure that your, pro your property is in exactly the same condition. Right. So right. there is a mechanism that you can take up with the agents. I'm looking at the agents. Yeah. I'm sure that that can be put in place to ensure that but, but you will suffer no does detriment. That, does the cesspool not come under No, that can come under the same thing. I mean, there's really? a drainage issue. If your drainage goes across this property, yeah. then the same thing can be assessed yeah. to ensure that you suffer no, uh, no downgrade of anything. Okay? Right. But again, deal directly with the agents. It's not so much a planning matter, but there is a mechanism for you to deal with it. Right. Yeah? Thank you very much. Okay, Thank you're you. welcome. Um, Laura Dudley-Smith. Good afternoon, Chair and Members. My name is Laura Dudley-Smith and I work for Strutton Parker. I'm the planning agent for our client and the landowner of Cutler's Green Farm, Mr Richard Hingston of Hingston Farms. Cutler's Green Farmyard, which I understand you visited this morning, and you would no doubt have recognised, is no longer suited for modern ag agricultural operations. Hinkston Farms are therefore due to relocate their storage requ requirements to a new purpose-built grain store on the outskirts of Cutler's Green. This will reduce the movement of large vehicles using the site to the benefit of local amenity in the centre of the hamlet. The Cutler's Green farmyard will no longer be needed for agriculture and the buildings will become fully redundant as a result. The applications before you this afternoon provide for the residential use of the yard through the sensitive conversion, extension and replacement of existing buildings focused around the centrally located Grade 2 listed barn. As a result, the overall footprint on the site will be reduced and the setting of the heritage asset significantly improved through the conversions and landscaping. Full details on the proposals have been provided within your office's report. Um, just to second, obviously, um, the Chairman's earlier point, those matters of utilities and structural um, 
stability and that sort of thing are yeah, um, perfectly fine to be dealt with um, following any um, determination and we'll be happy to liaise with yourselves on that. This is a high quality scheme which has resulted from close working and liaison with officers to finalise the proposals. There are no objections from consultees and indeed members will note that the scheme has attracted full support from the conservation officer to the extent that it has been described as an architectural gem. We are also pleased that Thaxted Parish Council have confirmed their support for the proposals. I would therefore respectfully request that the committee support your office's recommendation and grant planning permission. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, right, we have no other speakers, so over to you, committee. Uh, Councillor Lodge, then Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you. My recovered microphone. Um, I, think, I think we're all quite, quite impressed with this, that it is a, a, an imaginative scheme. I think that we could have uh, um, feared from, from other developers to have a, a, a much less sensitive treatment of this, and uh, overall I um, absolutely support it. Um, I think some members may remember I raised a point on the site, and that was the, uh, the materials for the roof, particularly of the large, the large conversion straight in front. I feel that a, um, uh, a, a rather prominent tile there would be, would be inappropriate for what is a massive area, even if uh, interrupted a little bit by, uh, by some skylights. So I just wonder what the process was there. Will, will, those, will we have another chance to look at those materials before, uh, before we're finally granted? <coughs> Karen? We wouldn't normally... Um, there is a condition... Um, on their requiring the submission of materials. That would normally be an administrative process with the officers. It's not something we would normally bring back to the planning committee. The application form does say red tiles and slate tiles, so it would be a mixture of either, but we would need full details of those, you know, exactly what they're proposing to use to be submitted to us to be approved. But it would be an administrative process and not something that would normally come to committee. I presume we would then have heritage input when it comes to that as well. We can do, or sometimes planning officers do know what they're talking about when it comes to materials. I, I would envisage the conservation officer would be involved in this, to be honest. It, well, it, the officer, Karen's right, the planning officer can make the right judgment, but bearing in mind this is a conservation asset, quite often the conservation officer would be, would be involved in that discussion, but it, it is the planning officer's judgment at the end of the day in consultation with the conservation officer. <coughs> Councillor Fairhurst, then Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, yes, it's rather good to see a, a very positive response from the Conservation Office, and I do really think that it's important that they are involved in this whole process, um, because based on that report, I'm, I'm, I'm quite positive about this. I think just a couple of points. The so one is that it is stated specifically that there should be a removal of, 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 of uh, permitted rights. Um, so we can at least define the extent to which this can be developed in the future. And second is in, in the uh, suggestion by the art, architectural thing that there's an architectural survey, and I don't see an architectural survey or a condition in terms of removal of, of, of permitted rights. If we can solve those and, and, and require that, so in other words, architectural survey you should have and, and, and removal of, of permitted rights, I would be minded to, 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 to uh, ask suggest approval on this. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I, I think it's a very good application. I'm happy to support it. I think it will improve the vitality of Cutlass Green, as the officer suggests. Um, 
it would be nice to stop this site in some way being reconfigured for new houses because what sometimes happens, as we all know, is that after a while the owner comes back and says, well, we can't make any sense out of this. Can we? But since we got consent, can we build seven sort of you know, Essex design guide some things on it. And it would be nice to stop that happening, or at least require for it. It would have to come back to committee. But it would be good to actually have some sort of caveat to that effect. The other thing is that I'd like to see the permitted, permitted development rights removed. It's a sensitive site, and I don't think you can just start sticking additions over it under permitted development rights. And the third thing, uh, which is probably not within planning, but uh, you could have a common oil tank metering oil to each of the properties. It's completely feasible. You don't have to have seven oil tanks for seven properties. Okay, anybody else? No? Yes, Councillor Lachlan. No, no, you're fine, honestly. But I was just going to say about the permitted development rights, because I'd noticed that as well. But I thought I heard you say that you were willing, you were happy to, but just now. Did you say that? I thought you did. Yes, I am. I'd just like clarifications to what members would like to see removed. So my suggestions were Class A, which is extensions, Class B, which is uh, dormers, Class C, which is roof lights, Class C, which is outbuildings, and then Part 2, Class A, which is fences and walls. Mr Chairman, I would include all of those and all as, as being removed. Um, if we can get that in our kitchen, I would propose a approval of this process. Is there anything else we're not removing? Let's do it that way. There's um, hard surfaces. Well, I mean, I can't remember what's um, in part. They've added so many bits onto it. I meant to bring it down. Um, there's hard surfaces. Um, right, so we've not left... Oh, porches. Do you want to remove porches? Because yeah, I think what we're saying is removal of PD rights across the board. So, okay, so part okay, one, part so I think everybody's sort of on the same hymn sheet. We'd like uh, to remove sorry. PD rights across the board. Yeah, um, one and two then. Yeah, okay, that's fine. You want to have the survey in? I think it's statutory anyway. We're just going to check that. Have you checked condition six on page... Du, 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 page 37? Condition 6 is historic building recording in accordance, and that's, that's what that means. Yep. Yeah, but it's, it's historic merit, is archaeological merit in the actual buildings there, both demolishing and converting. So it's, it's, no, it's just recording what's, that's what the archaeology, is that what the, that's what would be requested, and, and what is basically done is recorded as they go along, and that's quite a lot of archaeology is also both in built fabric and under the ground stuff as well, and it's all about recording as you go. Sorry, Chairman, Freeman. At the very end of that condition, it does say it is therefore recommended that prior to development, the barns proposed for conversion are preserved by record through archaeological survey. Yeah. That's in the officer's report. Yeah, so that's what we're going to uh, approve should we approve it. Okay. Um, I take the note from the Parish Council about the uh, roof lights, but I don't think it's that easy to relocate them on the back given the floor plan layouts. Uh, so I'd like to see perhaps those as conservation roof lights uh, in character uh, rather than something v -luxy. 
That's condition by condition 13. Fine, that's perfect then. Okay, in that case, anybody else have any comments? No? Anybody happy to propose? Uh, Councillor Fairhurst has proposed. Does that have a seconder? Councillor Riles. All those in favour of an approval, please show. That's unanimous. That item is approved. Thank you very much. Uh, UTT 182238 is the listed buildings application for the same group of buildings. Um, it only relates to plots 1 and 6 because they are the listed buildings. True, but doesn't it affect the rest with curtilage? Okay. Mrs. Folks, did you wish to speak any more? No, that's fine. Thank you very much. Uh, Mrs. Dudley Smith? You're fine with that as well. Okay. Uh, in that case, I'm happy to propose this from the chair. Seconded, uh, seconded by Councillor Fairhurst. All those in favour, please show. That is unanimous. Okay, those two items are approved. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mrs. Denmark. Uh, moving on, UTT 18.3326 is a PIP application for land west of Stortford Road in Clavering and Luke Mills to take us through it. Luke, when you're ready. Thank you, Chairman. The site is located to the west of Stortford Road in Clavering and comprises an undeveloped agricultural field. The application is for permission in principle for residential development comprising between six and eight dwellings. The submitted layout is only indicative at this stage, with the design to be determined in a subsequent application for technical details consent. For the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that permission be granted. Brief and to the point. There we go. Okay. Uh, we have uh, four speakers, so I'll start with Peter Walters. I know you're speaking on behalf of Councillor Oliver, Peter, so uh, yes, technically you, so, you sort you of have five minutes. Be with us. This text has been approved by Councillor Oliver. What disturbs me most about this application is that we've been here before. For the past few years, there have been a series of what can best be described as urban creep applications for a series of small housing developments, all of them along the east side of Stalkford Road. There have been two phases of Barley Close, plus Oxley's Close, and land to the south of Oxley's Close, not forgetting Clover Fields. Individually, they are not of major significance, but collectively, they have contributed to progressive urban creep. Fortunately, the combination of the fields lower down the valley beyond the houses on the east side and the fact that on the west side of the road is either wholly undeveloped agricultural land or well-established ribbon-style housing means 
that this part of Clavering still manages to retain its overall rural aspect. However, it now seems that the landowners are intending to try and repeat on the west side of Stortford Road what has already been done on the east side of the road. First, with the site at the rear of Clavering Primary School and now with the application site and who knows what else will follow if the pattern of activity on the east side of the road is copied. The difficulty with these small schemes is that they do not always represent good strategic planning for the village as each of them stands on its own. More than this however their aggregate impact is such that if one is not careful, it will, over time, change the character of the village from rural to urban. It is for this reason that I would draw members' attention to the case of Guildford Borough Council versus the Secretary of State for Communities and Local Government in 2009, under which, and despite the principle that each planning application should be considered on its own merits, a further principle was set out, namely that on a subsequent planning application the Council will be able to take into account any relevant previous permission granted. This does, of course, follow the overriding rule that public law principles demand consistency in the application of policies by public bodies such as local planning authorities. Indeed, the judge in the Guildford case made it abundantly clear that, and I quote, Guildford are also hampered by their own previous decisions. What I think this means is that if the committee were to grant the present application, it will, by that principle, have tied its hands to a very real degree on any other application for the development of estate-type housing on the west side of Stortford Road, unless there are significant other reasons that might justify refusal. As such, granting the present application would run the risk of creating a poor precedent since the aggregate effect of further housing schemes on the west side of Stortford Road would be to create, with the existing housing on the east side of the road, an urban approach to Clavering from the south instead of the present rural aspect. To this extent, therefore, the application before you is a catalyst that, if granted, would not only tie the committee's hands for the future, but would create the necessary backdrop for developers to alter the essential characteristics of Clavering. One of my other objections that is not always apparent from plans is the overbearing impact that any housing development on this land will have. The land on the west side of Stortford Road, including the application site, rises quite sharply at the point where it joins the road and continues to rise beyond that. The new houses will not only sit higher than their counterparts on the other side of the road, but will have a dominating aspect when entering Clavering from the south. For these reasons, the application should be refused. Uh, thank you, Mr Walters. You even managed to sound like Councillor Oliver. Uh, Mr. Frank Woods. Okay. 
Uh, right, yes, I'm uh, Frank Woods and I'm speaking on behalf of uh, Hands Off Clavering, which is a large group of residents against the urbanisation of our rural village. We do not oppose development that reflects village character. While the site in question appears to be suitable for development because it's opposite the village shop, Hands Off Clavering would point to the 2018 reassessment of the call for sites. This concluded that developing this site would extend the village into the countryside to the detriment of the wider countryside character. In this way, it would cause greater harm than the benefits that it might bring. In our view, insufficient weight has been given to the case of Guildford Borough Council versus the Secretary of State in 2009 in considering the potential harm that this development would cause. The usual principle that each planning application should be considered on its own merits was challenged by the judge's ruling that Guildford Council could not ignore its previous decisions on similar applications in that locality. So we cannot see how the officer's report actually overcomes this. So if this particular application is granted, the Council could not ignore it when considering further applications on other farmland to the west of Stalford Road. For this reason, granting the application would set a poor precedent and facilitate further development on nearby farmland which would alter the characteristics of this area. Indeed, this kind of creeping urbanisation caused by a sequence of small estates over time is exactly what has happened on the east side of Stalford Road, as you can see in the diagram up there. Fortunately, these uh, new estates have not succeeded in destroying the rural aspect of Stalford Road, which survives because there is no estate-type housing on the west side of the road. Allowing this application will establish a poor precedent, as subsequent applications will doubtless follow on the west side. This will lead to a significant change of character from rural to urban for this part of the village, compounded by the land rising on the west where any buildings would be all the more visible. Paragraph 11.6 of the officer's report seeks to justify the proposed development on the basis that there is existing housing to the north and to the east. While this is true, the housing to the north is of a long-established ribbon pattern and to the east is low-lying, so approaching the village from the south still presents an essentially rural view. If permission were to be granted, this would prompt further development on the west side of Stortford Road. The rural character would be lost forever and would be replaced by an irreversible urban perspective, creating far greater harm than the benefit of adding just eight houses to the supply. So, as members of the planning committee, I say this is your last chance to preserve the character of our village and we call on you to refuse this application. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Woods. Uh, Stephanie Gill from the Parish Council. We don't always check notes, so if I repeat, I apologise what's been said before. Clavering Parish Council was surprised that in looking at this application, UDC's planning officers did not attach any weight to the local plan that was submitted and is under consideration. Parish councils attending the Planning and Building Control Forum in October last year were given to understand that weight would be attached after submission. Further, in answer to questions raised after a statement was made in that meeting that Uttlesford were looking at sites for development that were not in the local plan, 
Attendees were given to understand that these would be windfall sites which had not previously come forward. However, what is more perturbing to Clavering councillors is the officer's summary of the council's objection, especially B, harm to the character of the area. What was actually the objection's wording was taken from the local plan which was then submitted to the expectorate, which namely said the site was considered to be an unsuitable site for the development as the site extends the village into the countryside to the detriment of the wider countryside character. This comes about as it is acknowledged that the proposed site is greatly elevated on a ridge. Further, it's not in full, as stated by the applicant, which was another objection that Clavin Council put forward in their written submission. The Parish Council's other objection, summarised as the proposal would increase the risk of flooding, does not acknowledge that the Council noted that a watercourse which runs along the road on that site has been omitted from submitted drawings, that the proposed entrance crosses this watercourse, and that local knowledge is, especially for those who wade through the water in accessing their homes at Oxley's Close after having been to the local shop, that the Stortford Road is already known to have surface water drain off the currently farmed land, cross over the road, thanks to the natural gradient of the valley here. UDC planning officers have managed to confuse Clavering Parish Council, but hopefully not the planning committee. We have two officers presenting opposing views. One clearly states in the local plan submission that development here extends the village into the countryside to the detriment of the wider countryside character. Another states in the report in front of you there is no designated landscape value in this area and the housing to the north and east means the proposal is compatible. This report does not acknowledge the overbearing nature of the proposal given that the site will sit proud on an embankment proud to all the surrounding buildings. The east houses on the other side of the road, well, this is an affordable development which was granted permission as an exception site and it nestles down in the valley. Those adjoining to the north, well, they're bungalows. The second officer's reasoning would indicate that there is no reason not to develop all the way along the valley and the ridge of the Stort down to Manuden. As I say, we are a very confused parish council. If this land should be developed to add to the housing supply as is now argued, surely it would have been included in the submitted local plan revised only late last year, which itself under the MPPF considers the balance of harm in the countryside of Buttlesford and required development. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Stephanie. Um, and lastly, Claire Hutchinson, the agent. Claire, you have um, 11 minutes. Oh, lucky. I won't take 11 minutes. Um, I'm the agent for the applicant. Um, this application is for permission in principle, and as such, the issues for consideration are limited under planning policy to those relating to location, amount, and land use. If permission is granted, a further technical details application will need to be approved. It's at this stage that details concerning surface water flooding, ecology, highways, etc., are considered. If the technical details application cannot satisfactorily address the issues, then it can be refused. As a result, these matters are not for detailed consideration at, these, at this permission in principle stage. A number of representations have indicated that the 2018 strategic land availability assessment concludes the site is unsuitable. 
would like to highlight that the 2015 SLA concluded the opposite, that the site was suitable. And whilst the 2018 SLA did make some changes to the methodology, these changes did not relate to the way in which the suitability assessments were undertaken. So it is not clear why different conclusions were reached in 2015 and 2018. In this context, and importantly acknowledging that the SLA is a high-level overview, it's not unreasonable that your planning officer has concluded that the site is suitable for development. In terms of the appropriateness of additional housing at Clavering more generally, the local plan does consider that Clavering is a sustainable location for housing, and this has been confirmed in planning appeal decisions on the opposite side of the Stortford Road on land outside development limits, which were approved during periods when the council could not share a five-year supply of housing land. Finally, whilst this application is for permission in principle, at the technical detail stage, due consideration will need to be given to the appropriate form of development in terms of scale and massing. Development would sit in the context of the single and one and a half storey dwellings to the north, which are also situated at a higher level to the road, and this will influence the design and layout. At the technical detail stage, full control can be exercised by the council in terms of scale and layout of development on the site within the parameters of the application to ensure that this is appropriate. Overall, both we and your officers consider that the balance of considerations on this application means that permission in principle should be granted. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Ms. Halksimson. Um, okay, we have no other speakers. Uh, I'll start with Councillor Lachlan, then Councillor Fairhurst, then Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Well, can you hear me? I do have quite a lot of concerns about this site. Uh, our local plan has been submitted, and the officer in his report says the proposal does not accord with the development plan due to conflicts with policies on the location of housing, countryside character, and sustainable transport. Uh, and I believe that to be true. I know we have a new PP MPPF in place, but uh, if we were take, to take this, as the officer says, uh, as gospel, we would have to go through our whole local plan to see if they, the ones that we have put in there now are compliant with the new MPPF, which, of course, we won't be doing. Uh, so, you know, I, it does worry me because... At the moment, until the local plan is adopted, which we hope it will be, every speculative developer is coming along because we don't have a five-year land supply. Uh, but it doesn't mean to say that we have to take a bad development. Um, and this committee has the power to stop that. And, and I actually think, in this case, we should be stopping that. It is clearly uh, contrary to policy S7, which is in the old local plan, which is all we can go by until the other one is adopted, and also to policy H1, and I think they would perhaps stand up at appeal. So I will be recommending a refusal for this. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. This is one of these rather nice um, applications which causes or forces us as, as committee to, to actually apply our minds to this because I can even understand the confusion of the officers in this. It is, it's an interesting one. The big issue actually is the same issues we have in, in, in Newport at the moment where cumulative developments have might have looked okay on their own, have created a serious problem for the town which we can't really unwind. It's a big issue. The law lets us down in this. They say the law is an ass. I can talk to them. But in this case, it lets us down, because if you look at it on its own, it might just be okay. 
it isn't okay, Mr Chairman. It isn't okay at all. Um, yes, it doesn't fit in our local plan. I feel rather bad about that because I don't love our local plan, but it is all we've got at the moment, and it's, it's being put through to the inspectors. So when does it start becoming something of value? Only when it's been passed? I don't like that at all, and I support exactly what, what Janice is saying about it. But I think it does talk to the, the cumulative impact on the town, on the village that we should be looking at here. You put this down and you, the die is cast. You've crossed the Rubicon. That's not a good idea. I'm proposing rejections because it is wrong on a number of grounds. I'm proposing rejection because it was, not, it was rejected call for sites. It's, the risk of flooding, I think, is complicated. I'm not getting into it at all. It is beyond development limits. It does urbanise the entrance to, to a village, and these things have got to be wrong. So I think S7H1 would be completely appropriate. So I propose we, re we reject this. Thank you. Okay, I'll park that for the moment if I can so we finish the debate. Uh, Mr Brown is going to clarify something. Yeah. Can I just... Members... A part of what you've just said is what you need to be considering, and that's the urbanisation issue and the impact on the landscape, the impact on the village. Um, the president issue, I do accept that issue, but the fact is it doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to continue all the way to Benyudin, to quote one of the speakers. So therefore, it's, but, uh, but you cannot dismiss the current development plan and you cannot dis the current 2005 local plan and you cannot dismiss the MPPF. It is still there. The local plan, the emerging local plan, has weight, has weight moving forward, but it has an, emerge, it has an increasing weight as you're going. It is not the local plan. It is not the development plan. It has not been adopted. And unfortunately, this is where we are, and this is where we always will be, because as soon as we get an emerging local plan, we're going to start probably reviewing it. So it's, it's a movable feast all the time. And I'm sure there'll be another MPPF front us at some point during the middle of all that as well. So do not diss the current development plan. So if you're moving in towards the direction of the impact on the landscape, do it for those reasons, or the impact on the towns, or the villagescape, um, not because of the, the local plan being out of date or anything else. I just want to be mindful of when, where members are going regarding that. Mr Chairman, can I just come back on that? You're, yes, I will, of course. Um, the emerging local plan, I, cons I agree, has some weight, but it also reflects the policy of this committee. That's a reality, and that it gives us some understanding of what our policy should be. I just clarify, it doesn't, because the local plan is, and, 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 and uh, the, the, the agent did quite correctly say, issues regarding schmars and issues regarding local plans is a higher level discussion, it's a procedural issue. Whilst we've got a local plan, when we get a new local plan, we will still be considering windfill sites and you will, we will be approving sites that are not in the current emerging local plan. So you can't say we've rejected this site in a previous, previous life. You can reject it today for, for, for legitimate planning reasons, but not because it was rejected as part of the call for sites or whatever. You have not made a decision regarding this planning application by not including it in the emerging local plan. So you just, it's a very difficult thing, but it's a different decision you're making today. You may end up with the same reason. You may end up rejecting it, for because you don't think it's inappropriate, but you just need to. I just don't want to start unraveling the decision-making process in terms of where, where you, what, you know, this. You have not, re you have not rejected this previously by allowing the current emerging local plan. Okay, I'm just going to take Councillor Lockley, and then I'll come to you, John. Right. Well, without wishing to labour a point, um, it isn't in the emerging local plan, and it's against, against S7. 
in the old local plan. So there are two very good reasons there. But uh, I, I don't want to be disparaging. You said uh, we may, you know, windfall sites, we may mal approve them. You may doesn't mean to say we have to. Sorry, sorry Councillor Lachlan, you cannot reject this application because it's not in the emerging local plan. I just, no, I, I just said no, that. No, you, you have just said uh, uh, that. Uh, uh, uh. No, I didn't. I said <laughs> it's against S7 and H1 in this local plan, yeah. and I made that very clear. Okay, Councillor Lodge, and then Councillor Freeman. Yeah, just one point for clarification, which is which has come up. My, uh, my uh, approved local plan, unfortunately, sat on my desk at home. Um, was this an allocation in, in that plan? No. no. To allocate an application of site for eight dwellings. This is a windfall site. That's the issue. Yeah, okay, I've got that. So I'll come on to my substantive bit first, yes. Um, uh, just, just like uh, Councillor Chambers often says, he knows the, uh, knows the area so well that he doesn't feel he has to come and have a look. And I know he's ill today, so that's accepted. Um, I've, I've probably driven, driven past this uh, somewhere of the order of a thousand times, I would guess, and I've got a bit of a picture in my mind. Um, first of all, to say um, I completely agree with Councillor Lachlan. I think we've agreed on S7 all over the place. Um, but I just wonder why we hadn't actually gone and looked at this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, could I propose a deferral to have a look at it? Park that one as well, just for a minute, and just see. We'll finish the debate and see where we go. Councillor Freeman. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. Um, I think this is the first example of a permission in principle I've come across, anyway. Uh, and this seems to be a third dimension to the planning application process. We, two dimensions were challenging. Three dimensions is one more than we need. We have uh, outline, we have substantive, and now we have in principle. The outline has always been a nuisance. Of course, somebody comes forward and gets consent for a certain number of houses, and then, good gracious, when the substantive comes forward, it's really quite different. Uh, and we had a wonderful example of that, the 200 Linden homes behind Tesco's in Walden, where there was an outline planning consent, there we are, boom, boom. And then when it came forward to the substantive, we were not allowed to discuss details like the layout of the roads. As a consequence of that, we've got trucks driving past people's front doors on a brand new housing estate. Absolute disgrace, in my view. So that's one point. The other thing is a mention of an exception site. Is this an exception site? No, okay, fair enough, right, that's not an issue then. Um, but it does concern me that it is essentially off the radar, under the radar at the moment. Okay, so it's a legal device and it's just been introduced, but it's another way of getting your aircraft in under the radar as far as I'm concerned. And it certainly does alter, I agree with Councillor Auckland, it fundamentally alters the approach to this village. Uh, and I, I, am, I am opposed to it. I don't think it's a very... It's going to be a difficult thing to manage in the future. If we grant this, they'll come forward with saying, well, actually, these are the houses we're going to build, and then quite suddenly there'll be a request. It's not viable. Not viable is a classic one. Uh, we're going to have to build two more, I'm afraid, and whatever. So I really don't want anything to do with this. I plan to vote against it. Sorry, I don't want to dominate a discussion, Chairman, but just to warn members, and this doesn't make any difference, just need to be mindful of the situation. Um, the other issue about these uh, planning in principle issues, which is not something I would support as an extra layer, I personally think it's unnecessary, but there we are, that's what we've got, is that we have to make these in a timely manner, and, so, and that actually causes, and literally we're over time already, 
through no fault of anybody's, but members need to make the decision today because it's in front of you. But if members are of the view that they want to defer this for a site visit, we, are, we have been open to a potential challenge that the, the, case, the, the applicant can appeal quite, quite quickly on this application. But I would suggest that with the, pins, the way PINs are operating, it won't be decided by the time you will consider this application next time. But you just have to be mindful that these applications are one of those that are very time sensitive that an appeal process can kick in quite a But it's not a default approval. Okay. That's the most of the thing you need to know. Anybody else? Before? Councillor Lodge. Yes, I'll, I'll come back. I'm, I'm uh, influenced to a significant degree by what uh, Mr. Brown has just said. And so um, I think I would withdraw my. Uh, my thoughts of a, of a deferral, uh, but I'll add some other thoughts to it um, on, a, on a subject which Mr. Brown and I have discussed on many occasions. Um, when, uh, when, when the first application went in on White Ditch Lane, uh, we, we all thought that it was uh, probably not a problem. Actually, I wasn't a councillor then, so it wasn't a problem. Uh, but, but I'm sure to the members then it wasn't a problem. But when numbers 2, 3, 4 and through to the whole, the full set of 12 went in, we, we, were, we were getting concerns. So, in fact, I will, uh, I will, I will support uh, a rejection of this now. Okay. Anybody else? No? Um, I hear what you're saying, but there's no comparison here to White Ditch Lane. Stortford Road, completely different animal and one development. So there is, uh, there is no comparison here for me. I understand the principle of what you're getting at, but this is the first of whatever. Now, if you look at page 60 of your report, uh, you'll see a site plan of this. And, and I look at this, and I look at this as, I won't say infill, uh, of a reasonable infill or the conclusion to a, a definition of a village. Okay, and we have no five-year land supply. We don't have a three-year land supply almost. So I think, uh, you know, is it a site coming forward? Is it sustainable? Shop, school, everything else that comes with it? I find myself in agreement with the officer, but in disagreement with you all. But there you are. That's not unusual. I just thought I'd put the other side of the story here. Um, I must admit this is the first time we've come across a PIP and I uh, am quite glad that it is the first time and I wish it was the last. I mean, this is just outline planning but light version of it. So basically we know nothing. Um, the fact, I mean, the applicant made a statement that single and one and a half storey height. So that to me, I can sort of live with because it's coming in line with what's happening on the other side, you know, on the adjacent side of the road. Um, we have been approving this type of site going forward. You know, this is not something new to us and this type of development in this type of location uh, is things that we have to be looking at when we're in the position we're at. So I find myself slightly at odds with you. Um, I have a proposal for refusal and I have a seconder for that, I believe. Proposed by yourself? Yes, Mr Chairman. I think it's not the same as, as Newport, um, but the scale is very different as well. Um, and I think it's a question of scale. Clavering is a tiny little village and they've got a lot more than just this one development. So I think it does have the same kind of comparison. But anyway, my, my proposal stands... We'll agree to disagree. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. proposal I, stands Chairman, that's not us. the debate that we're having. Chairman, anyway. can I just clarify something on, on behalf of the parish? This is... This is I, although I do, recommend, I do accept that this application quite correctly is recommended for approval, the situation in, in, in Clavering is a different situation in White Ditch Lane. Only Clavering has had examples of not single dwellings going up one drove. They've had chunks of 
nine dwellings here, next to nine dwellings here, next to nine dwellings here. So that is where Clavering from. But I think the situation here is there is, a, there is an edge at this particular at the end of this site, and so therefore it wouldn't necessarily continue. But there was an edge previously on Oxley Close side of the. Uh, that is where Clavering is coming from. Just wanted to. I think it is quite open that that needs to be clarified for members yeah. rather than just. We, we, we understand there's a debate about where yeah. the edge could yeah, be. Yeah, that's right. That's All right. right. Uh, just Councillor Lachlan, then I'm going to try and wrap it up. Yeah, I just want to ask a question. Looking at this, is that the shop, the stores, and that little estate there? Well, I've been around long enough to remember going on a site visit to see that site, and I believe they were built, and the only reason they were given permission at the time, because they were built for local people. Uh, They were low-cost homes uh, built for local people. I think the chair of the parish council is is actually nodding, uh, because they were actually refused initially, and that is why that site comes out to where it does. And I just wanted to make that point. That these, these, well, we don't know, of course, but I doubt very much whether they're going to be low-cost homes. Okay, I have a proposal for a refusal. Does that have a seconder? It does. Okay. All those in favour of a refusal, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All those against, please show. Two. Okay, that item is refused. Thank you very much, everybody. Vigorous debate, as usual. (coughs) Uh, Seven, full application at Saffron Walden Castle, and Chris Tyler to take us through it. Chris, when you're ready. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Uh, this application is in relation to works to Saffron Walden Castle. Um, this includes uh, installation of one main gate, uh, gate to the inner castle, uh, one railing grill to the inner castle, two access gates to the outer castle, uh, an external lighting scheme, and new floor within the castle. So this shows the proposed site. The, the, four, sorry, the three uh, red dots show where the lights are going to be installed, proposed to be installed. This also shows the uh, proposed floor into the inner castle area. This uh, demonstrates the uh, um, access uh, railing grill to the inner castle. This shows the proposed main gate to the inner castle. And these are the outer gates uh, outside the castle which are proposed to be installed. Uh, This is the proposed lighting scheme which has been previously tested a few months back. um, And it shows the areas of the castle that are to be illuminated. Uh, One letter of objection has been received in regards to the use of the site, but I confirm uh, this is not for the change of use of the site and all material planning considerations have been considered in the committee report. Uh, No objections have been raised by the Council's Conservation Officer or Historic England in regards to the design of the development and its impact on the heritage asset. 
No objections have been made by the Council's environmental health team in regards to the lighting scheme and its impact to the neighbouring properties. Uh, taking into consideration the details set out in the committee report, uh, the application is recommended for approval subject to conditions. Thank you very much, Mr Tyler. We have no speakers on this. Um, I think probably the only comment I'm going to have uh, is that we should be looking at a curfew on the lights. Uh, and I think with that consideration taken care of, it's something that uh, I'm happy to approve. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr. Reason. Chairman. I only have one reservation about this. The lighting was an issue, but only one reservation I have is that I, our conservation officer itself is, is, a, is a dodgy question at the moment. And, and the response to the conservation thing, I would have liked to see a much, much more robust assessment of this process moving forward, the plan for the future. This is a very sensitive site. We take it quite seriously. And it doesn't look to me like a, a very robust and long and arduous. We've seen far better conservation responses. So I'd like to know how we achieved this and what, you know, and what the back end of that is. Uh, Mr Brown. Yeah, just to clarify, normally you would have an application for a, a list, uh, you, would, you would consider this and you move on to a listed building application. We haven't got a listed building application because there's an ancient monument. Um, an ancient monument has a higher level. It's been dealt with directly by Historic England in terms of dealing with the application. That's your higher body. Historic England have okayed this with knobs on. And so the conservation officers is, is, not, that is not necessarily... Had this been a list of building application, then we are obliged to use the conservation officer to robustly go through it. Because Historic England are dealing with the ancient monument, i.e. the list of building end of it, we just need a, a brief conservation input into this application, not the normal detail issue, because it's already covered. It's the planning issues that we're actually technically dealing with on this application, and it's the impact of the heritage asset. So you're not, although this is, it's because it's such a major heritage asset, just like, I think, Potentially, it's second only to the church or alongside the church, and the same situation regarding the church. If we had a major application in the church, that wouldn't require listed building consent. That would be set, uh, set up in a different way as well. So you do not necessarily need the conservation input as strongly as you would normally do on a listed building consent. That's the only issue. But the conservation, we still had conservation input into this because we've been using play services on this particular issue. Sorry, so as I understand, in fact, there is a tome of information and research on this already. We just yeah. don't have to see it. Uh, Councillor Lodge, very briefly, then Councillor Lawson. Did you? Ah, sorry, Councillor Freeman. I get confused. Okay, thank you. Um, I live near the castle, and as uh, some people would say, I know it very well. Um, my main comment is that actually we're a few hundred years too late on this. Um, if it was done back in the 16th or 17th century, it would have been a, probably a good thing, but we are where we are. Uh, can you show us the map, please, of the lights, the floor, the floor plan? Uh, no, of the. Yes, okay, fine, great. Um, my concern is I think a curfew, as you point out, would be good. The church has fairly extensive lighting um, on the structure of the church from outside, but all of the lights are actually behind masonry structures on the church roof. You can't look straight into the lights. They illuminate the building, but they don't, it's not possible to look into any of the lights on the church. And that's not what we're looking at here, because yes, if you, you go to the f picture, they are actually ground lights, and they will shine potentially on buildings. So my point is that they, we need to minimise by design uh, the light scatter from these uh, and the overspill, which is what you would do with a sports ground, for example. Uh, and there are residences. If you go back to your uh, ground plan again very briefly, a 
address it. The one at the top of the picture actually will be illuminating houses down to the bottom of that map. You can't see them, but they're there, and there's buildings, dwellings on the right as well. And the one in the middle of the picture would have some of that as well. So can I ask that uh, we condition that the design of the lights and for officers to satisfy themselves on this are adequate for minimising light pollution, light spill uh, and um, light scatter uh, because it's a nuisance for people that live there and also it damages the uh, night sky, as it were, the one's visibility of the night sky. It's what we would do for a sports ground. We should do it for this as well. Okay. I think it should be pointed out that the mock-up is what you're seeing there as a temporary rather than the whatever, and it will have a cowl around it that will protect it from any reflective light. So I actually think it will be taken care of in the process. I think English Heritage probably know a little bit what they're doing when they light up castles. Um, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Um, well, notwithstanding all the issues and the concerns that have been uh, mentioned. Uh, Sansford Windmill, and I live very close to that, is lit up by ground lights and it actually looks really effective as you're coming in to the village and it shows off one of our assets and that's what I actually thought. I mean, Saffron Warden is such a lovely town and this castle is such an asset to the town. I think it deserves to be seen uh, rather than sort of blacked out at night where you can't see it because you do get a lot of tourists go to Saffron Warden and uh, I, I think it would just, I think it would look lovely when it's done providing it goes out and it doesn't irritate people and they complain. I think, I think everyone will be pleased that it's actually done. Okay, uh, so I think we need to discuss a curfew yeah. time, if possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. what, what would everybody think appropriate as a timing for the lights to go off? Any ideas? Well, it's, diffi it's difficult because you've got lights on the common, huge lights on the common just been nearby. on all night? Not, well, it's written on for rather late. Um, and they're, very, they're far too bright, in fact. Um, so I would, I would put it at midnight. Midnight curfew? Yeah. Yeah, midnight curfew, everybody. Okay, so in general, I think we're all happy to approve this with a midnight curfew. I'm happy to propose. Does that find a seconder? Does, Councillor Riles? All those in favour, please show. One, two, three. That's unanimous. Thank you very much. And Chris, if you'd like to move on to the Southern Ward Museum. Thank you. This is a combined uh, planning application and listed building uh, consent application. Um, the application is in relation to um, repair works to the north boundary uh, of the museum uh, site um, wall between the museum and the residential properties along Castle Street. Uh, the wall is listed and therefore incorporates a listed building consent. No objections are raised by the Conservation Officer or Historic England. Uh, taking into consideration the details set out in the committee report, the applications uh, both are recommended for approval subject to conditions. Uh, the, plan, uh, the photos just demonstrate the uh, condition of the wall uh, as existing, which needs repairing. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Happy to approve. Uh, okay, is that a proposal? Yes. Okay, does that find a seconder? Seconded by uh, Councillor Lemon. All those in favour, please show. That is unanimous. Thank you. Uh, does that also go for the listed buildings consent, everybody? Yes? Happy? Okay. Uh, moving on to the last application of the day, UTT 190194, on the wasteland at Radwinter Road. Mr Tyler. 
Thank you. Um, the application site relates to a small plot of scrub land to the rear of 14, 18 and 20 Radwinter Road in Saffron Walden. The application is for the change of use of the land to domestic garden and erection of a 1.8 metre closed board fence. Uh, the Parish Council uh, objects to the proposal due to the lack of information, however application includes uh, sufficient details to assess the development. Uh, no objections have been received by neighbouring properties. No objections have been raised in regards to the impact of the conservation area or ecology. Uh, the proposed change of use of the site and installation of the fencing is considered to be compatible with the surrounding site and neighbouring properties. Um, as such, taking into consideration of the details set out in the committee report, the proposal is recommended for approval. <coughs> Councillor Freeman? Yeah, can we go back to the map, please? Because that's the reason why the Town Council wasn't able to make a decision about this. Of course, this map appears to be clearer, but the, the ones that we were working off, I, I see on here a straight red line, which I presume is... The, you can answer the question whether this is the fence that we're looking at. Of course, the rest is actually the cemetery. And are you sequestering land from the cemetery? That's, that's one of the key questions. So the, um, if I go back, that, that whole site is um, uh, in the ownership of uh, Oxford District Council. Uh, and uh, it's a, just a small scrub land. To the south of that site, um, there's a small footpath and uh, to the south of that, that's where the cemetery is. Um, so this is just a small area of um, scrub land, which uh, the proposal is to change it to domestic garden. And it is in the ownership of the district council, are we sure of that? At, at present, yes. And just for clarification then, presumably this would then be sold onto the individual properties. So it's basically removing a, 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 something that could be regarded as an asset as such, but it's more of a problem than anything else to the district council. So I think it's a tidying up exercise. Okay, Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Uh, this, this is likely to be my last comment to a planning committee, and it's pretty minor other than I've... Um, I've had concern over, over years and I never quite mentioned it, but the maps that we tend to append to the uh, applications are uh, pretty rubbish. And this one is a really good example. It doesn't got a single word on it to know which road we're talking about, what the houses are, the numbers. Uh, so, so for the benefit of um, future planning committees, could I, could I ask that we improve the maps over and out? I think your comment is noted. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, it's a valid point and it's something that uh, Mr Brown is going to be addressing. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Very briefly, Chairman. Actually, it is planning guidance that you have downstairs that every map should have the name of two roads on it. Uh, this has none. Um, but can I s suggest that the land, once you've sequestered it or whatever, if you're going to sell it, that the first refusal be given to the Town Council because we simply make it part of our cemetery, which we control. That's obviously for another place, not for here. Um, you know, it, it's not us, it's we're, we're dealing with a planning application. You, you know, that's for another place in terms of that discussion. Councillor Fairhurst. Yes, Mr Chairman, I don't know. This is, is, this is concerning me a little bit. It's a tiny piece of land. I'm sure it's not worth terribly much. But it is a bit obscure, and, and I'm sort of wearing two hats, which is why I declared that in the beginning. I sit on the town council, and, and we don't feel good about this because... 
one would have thought there should have been discussion with us before we made the decision. At the end of the day, um, I think that this, the, the symmetry is a problem. It's, it's, it's one of the functions we have to provide and one we take serious pride in doing. And, and having a nice square border to our symmetry and extra land wouldn't be a go miss at all. So I would rather, rather have we had more information as a town council and, uh, and, and I would not support this on that basis. Thank you. Chairman, I'm really concerned that Councillor Fairhurst has said us regarding the Town Council on about five or six occasions. He is a district councillor and a member of the planning committee today and nothing else. Is he representing the Town Council in these discussions or not? Otherwise, he should not be making those comments. This is a planning application for a change of use of a piece of land. If he doesn't feel it is appropriate, then he can vote accordingly. He is not here to represent the Town Councils in any ongoing negotiations. And, and I don't think this is an appropriate comment to be making on. I think oh, well, we need to end that part of the conversation now. Mr Chairman, I'm happy to reword re, re, re that. I think we as the users, district council should to take more care in the way we deal with our parishes and make sure we work together with one another rather than sort of make decisions without involving them. Uh, end of the debate on that one. Point taken. Okay. Um, Right, well we have an application before us with a recommendation for approval. If nobody else has any comments, I'm happy to propose from the Chair. Does that find a seconder? Seconded by Councillor Riles. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six. All those against, please show. Two. And the last action, an abstention from Mr Lodge. That item is approved and thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. This meeting is closed.